0: Welcome back to the top 10 things you can do to prevent child sexual abuse. This is episode six. Tip number six, how to make child sexual abuse prevention part of your normal parent-child interactions. My name is Megan, and if you have not listened to the previous five tips, I highly recommend you doing so because this tip you are learning how to instill all of the things that you've learned previously. Primarily that your child knows what sexual abuse is, they know that secrets are not safe, and they know they are the boss of their body. I am the author of Who's the Boss of This Body that you can find on Amazon, and I'm a clinician that works with sexual abuse victims, so I appreciate everything that I've learned from them and their families over the years. And in this tip in particular, I think I've been able to find a lot of ways that you can Bring sexual abuse prevention just into your everyday parenting. Because I said at the very beginning, this is not the sex talk, that kids can have really great skills in sexual abuse prevention and still have no knowledge of what sex is. But this should not be felt, this conversation is not going to be a sit down, awkward conversation explaining to your child what sex is, right? That conversation, when you do it, when your child is either learning it in school or whatever age you think is appropriate, that that's when you are going to have that very awkward conversation with your child. And you might want books and diagrams and things to help you out. But this is more of a style of parenting, sexual abuse prevention, And so I'm going to just go over some things with you so that you can feel like you're really bringing some of these important messages into your parenting. So first of all, I want you to consider some of the ways that we might send our kids mixed messages, even when we're telling them things like they're the boss of their body. So for example, you might say to your child, be good and do everything Uncle Larry tells you to do. So when you think about how that might be confusing, because a lot of the reasons that children are sexually abused is because they feel like they have no right to question adult authority. And they are supposed to do what adults say. And I think that this is a very old school way of parenting, but it definitely is something that offenders took advantage of for many years, and maybe still do. In that children are not allowed to question what an adult tells them to do. And you're supposed to be good and be respectful and be quiet and do what they say. And Sometimes what they say is something really weird that might make you feel really awkward and so it's it's that kind of messaging that we give to kids that really makes them particularly vulnerable. And so I just suggest that you talk to kids about you always want them to be safe. And when they're with people that you're not having the opportunity to supervise them, that you want them to remember all their safety rules and keep safe. You don't want them rolling around the backseat of Uncle Larry's car because he doesn't care about seatbelts, right? So you want to be letting them know that even when they're not with you, that you want them to be safe and follow some of the rules that you have instilled in your home until that point. One of those being, you're the boss of your body. Another example might be when it's time to leave and you say to your child, okay, we're leaving, go give grandpa a kiss, instead of giving them any choice in the matter. Instead of saying to them, how do you want to say goodbye to grandpa? We need to go. So if you do say, go give grandpa a kiss, and your child kind of balks at that, and it's like, I don't want to give grandpa a kiss. Imagine how many parents have said, you know what, you need to show your grandfather respect, you go give him a kiss, and then you get your little butt into the car, right? I mean, this is definitely a style of parenting that really puts the feelings of grandpa over the feelings of your child. A parent might say to their child, if you don't give grandpa a kiss, you're going to really hurt his feelings. And think of how confusing that might be. So what I would suggest doing in that situation is if they don't want to give grandpa a kiss, then you say, okay, well, how do you want to say goodbye? And then they go ahead and give the high five or air hug or a hug, whatever they want to do. And then you go ahead and get in the car and follow up. First of all, I would praise them. That was really cool how you were the boss of your body. I liked that. And then you follow up and say, I'm just kind of curious why you didn't want to give grandpa a kiss today, right? Now, who knows? There could be a variety of reasons. Don't be afraid to ask. That fear of asking is what allows sexual abuse to fester in so many relationships. Yes, it might be really terrifying. And yes, they might tell you something you do not want to hear. And I want to make sure that you know how to respond. And that is coming up in a future tip. But what I really want is for the child to be able to feel safe enough that they can say, no, I don't want to give grandpa a kiss. Now, maybe they've just outgrown it. Maybe grandpa's a lip kisser kisser, and they feel really uncomfortable. And just think about it. When is the last time you had to kiss somebody on the lips that you did not want to kiss? There's a certain point in time where you are allowed to set that boundary, and that you grow older, and when you know somebody in your family happens to be a lip kisser and they're coming right at you, you can dodge it or you can avoid them, or right. But at what age do you get that right? At what age do you get to say, you know what, I don't want to kiss this person on the lips anymore? What I would suggest is there is no age, it's something that is in you from the very beginning, and that you have the right to set that boundary. Now, young kids might not be able to communicate it. But the older they get, if you're instilling these values, you'll be able to give them permission that yeah, they don't have to kiss grandpa if they don't like lip kissing. Maybe what you're going to hear is grandpa's breath is so bad mom, I can't stand kissing him. (laughs) Right? Which is a little bit sad. But if you have a father that is then going to call you and say, what kind of parenting is this now? I can't even get a kiss my granddaughter goodbye, because what, you know, you, you what are you letting her be the boss of everything now? Then you can say, you know what, dad, I've been telling you for years and years to go to the dentist. And now it's clear <laughs> that it's overdue because your granddaughter doesn't want to give you a kiss anymore. So go get that taken care of. And I will, you know, maybe you can come back to it someday. But so it's just, we want to be able to praise kids when they do set that boundary and really congratulate them and um, and let them know that they do have that right to say no. Another great example of this is with Santa Claus. It is the holiday season once again, and if I make it to a shopping mall, what I will see is loads and loads of screaming, crying kids sitting on Santa's lap. I mean, do you, can you imagine any... More, it's just such a blatant disregard for children being the boss of their bodies. And so if you are instilling this message to your children, don't confuse them by telling them they're the boss of their body and then saying they have to do something they don't want to do. I always encourage parents that, you know, if you really need to get something done, you can always resort to consequences or bribery. If you feel like you have to have that Christmas photo and you are determined to make your child go through the discomfort of sitting on some stranger's lap, which, by the way, when is the last time you had to sit on a stranger's lap? And would you do it if somebody was bribing you or demanding that you do it? (laughs) So just think about that. Maybe they would feel just like you would feel if you were forced to sit on your boss's lap at a meeting or something like that. But So they're going through this discomfort. But if you really, really want the the Christmas photo, then, well, you know, I was going to get you some ice cream afterward. I really want that picture. It would be so great with you sitting on his lap or, you know... You can always use your parenting skills if you have to have something, but don't make your child do something that they are crying and so visibly upset. And I promise you, they will eventually get that Christmas photo it took a long time with my daughter I mean I stood at the shopping mall with her terrified holding onto my leg and a few years went by with her just like I am not going to do that and I'd say okay well you're the boss of your body you just let me know and then eventually she did so it it does work itself out and it's not at the expense of of contradicting what you're trying to instill in your kids so Um, other ways to, to kind of instill this is, is asking for things like hugs instead of just, ah, come on, give me a hug and just grabbing one. You can ask, oh, can I have a hug right now? I'd really love a hug from you. Or kids love to be tickled. And so they, you keep tickling them. And then they're yelling, stop, stop. And you say, okay, you're the boss of your body. And then they say more, more. Okay. And you tickle them some more. And then stop. Okay, you're the boss of your body. So just all kinds of ways that you will see these opportunities for these messages to, to come out. Um, when you're at a, a swimming pool or something like that where there's nudity and you can look for opportunities. I remember my daughter staring at some lady's breasts in the locker room and I'm like, Honey, she is the boss of her body. Just give her some privacy, right? Just like how you want privacy. So give the, you know look for those opportunities. And then when a child does set that boundary... Just congratulate them instead of shaming them. Like, I really like how you did that. That was pretty cool how you told me that you didn't want to give that hug or that that made you uncomfortable. So it's all about that dialogue and open conversations and, and just really listening and, and looking for opportunities. Don't make sex a taboo topic for your children. Because if they come to you with something like, Mom, I think coach is gay. Don't automatically react by saying, what are you talking about? He's got four kids. I've known his wife for years. He's not gay. And shutting down that conversation. Just take a pause. Huh. I wonder what makes you think that. What gave you that idea? Right? And then just listen, because you never know what you're going to hear i think sometimes parents just react and respond cuz they're afraid of what they're going to hear i had one parent talk to me about how she had her 9-year-old boy say to her mom what's a blowjob and she was mortified and said oh gosh i don't know what that is don't don't say that <laughs> right so how easy is it to shut down that conversation and you're missing an opportunity cuz what you really want to know is what does your kid know what have they heard What have they learned? Because you need to be able to address that if you want to be instilling your values in your child. Now, yes, nobody wants their nine-year-old son to have an idea of what that is. And so first of all, you have to check it out. Do they really know what that is? And so you ask them, huh, well, that's surprising to hear you say that. I'm kind of curious what you think it is. Where did you hear that? and getting some more information. Because you don't want to jump to massive conclusions and give them all kinds of explicit sexual information if they just were playing some crazy game on the playground and just happened to give it a weird name like that. So you want to be able to check in with them and first of all, find out what they know. And then if they do know, it's really unfortunate that this has happened, but you have to accept the fact that now you have to give your child more information. And this is one of the most devastating things to parents when sexual abuse happens, is because you want to keep your child's innocence, and you want to keep them in the dark about some of these things. You don't want them to have that knowledge too soon. But sometimes it's out of your hands. And if they've gotten that knowledge, there's really not a whole lot you can do about it at this point, other than taking it away from the person that gave it to the child and then giving it back to them with your values and what you want them to know about it and explaining to them what that means to you and when you think that's appropriate and okay and giving them information that yes, you didn't want them to have, but now they have it. And so you need to take control over the situation. So other ways that we can instill these values is in in talking about things like the uh uh-oh feeling. This is something that I talk about in Who's the Boss of This Body. Um, There's some curriculums in the past that talked about good touch, bad touch, and we really don't try to use that language anymore because it's confusing. As I've mentioned, that sometimes sexual abuse does actually physiologically feel good. It is a stimulating thing that happens and and it might have a positive, good feeling, um, at least physiologically. So if you tell children about bat, if you call that a bad touch, then they might be very confused because it felt good. Or sometimes good touches might feel really bad. So a good touch might be a touch like a neck rub. I mean, who doesn't like getting a nice neck rub? But if it's somebody at work that you don't have much of a relationship with, or they're in a position of power, or somebody that is just creepy, and they start giving you a neck rub, I would say that would be a pretty bad feeling, even though you could call it a good touch. So there are some confusion. uh, There is some confusion with that language. And so we try not to use good touch, bad touch, but more so refer to an uh uh-oh feeling. So that's just a feeling that gives you that, that feeling that you get when something is wrong. So there's all kinds of opportunities to explain to your child what an uh uh-oh feeling is. So if you're driving down the road and the car starts sliding on the ice, okay, you pull over, catch your breath. Oh, hold on. I need to pull over and catch my breath for a second. I sure got an uh uh-oh feeling. How are you feeling? Is that scary to you? Yeah, that was just my heart is pounding and oh, my stomach feels like it's flip-flopping. Oh, my muscles are all tight. So anytime that something happens, you're walking down the street and kind of out of nowhere comes a dog at the fence barking and just spooks you guys. And, oh, gosh, that was scary. Oh, that dog scared me. Let's just, oh, I want to catch my breath. Yeah, that gave me an uh uh-oh feeling. Did you get that uh uh-oh feeling? And helping them identify that feeling. Because that is a feeling that a lot of kids get when they are being sexually abused. Is they have that gut feeling like uh uh-oh, there is something wrong here. And anytime you get an uh uh-oh feeling, it's important to talk about it. Because that's how we can get rid of it. So that can also go with these opportunities that come up anytime, even in a scary movie, right? Let's talk about that part in the movie that, whoa, that gave me an uh uh-oh feeling. Because when you talk about things that give you an uh uh-oh feeling, it takes away their power. So anytime something gives you an uh uh-oh feeling, it's really important to talk about it. And so this can lead into them understanding that secrets aren't safe. And then one thing that I hear about from parents is, well, kids don't like to be tattletales. And yes, they they don't. And I I know how sometimes, I mean, if it's telling to get a person in trouble, then yeah, they're being a tattletale. And so when I hear my kids and they're like, Mom, I can say, is this about safety? (laughs) Because if it's about keeping a person safe, then that's really important to tell. But if it's about getting somebody in trouble... That is kind of being a tattletale. And so I, I try to discourage that and really just focus on when it comes to telling about a person being safe, that's, that's really, really important to tell. And even if you pinky promised and, and said that you would keep it a secret, if it's about safety, you really, really need to tell somebody. So um and and then just another piece of language that I uh want to reiterate I think I've mentioned this before but the importance of, of not saying to your child, don't let anyone touch you there. That is what I hear from most parents when I ask, So, what have you done for sexual abuse prevention to this point? They say, Well, I've told them not to let anyone touch them there. And again, this is what really, really is confusing to kids because very often, thinking back to the story I told you of the girl on the couch, she let the guy touch her there. She wasn't able to say no, she was frozen. What was she supposed to do in that situation? She did what most kids normally do. They sit still, they freeze and they feel like they can't move. They can't scream. And then later on they feel like, gosh, I'm in trouble because I let somebody touch me there. So do not say to your child, don't let anyone touch you there. Just tell them that you are the boss of your body and no one has the right to look at or touch your body without your permission. And, Um, especially your private parts. And so um, just letting them know that and that if people ever try to look at them naked or do things to their private parts, that that person is breaking a rule and that you really want them to come and tell you about it because that's the only way to make those rule breakers stop. So. So that is the end of tip number six. Those are just some new ways to hopefully... Fine to instill parenting um, skills, these values in place um, for your kids and uh, getting the boss of your body out to them, getting secrets are not safe and just helping them to have an understanding of what sexual abuse is. So again, thank you for listening. This has been tip number six. Next time we're going to be talking in episode seven about knowing the signs of sexual abuse. And so I will be giving some of those details at that point. So please listen next episode. Again, if there has been anything that has come up for you, I suggest that you contact Rain, which is a great resource for rape, abuse, and incest, the national network. Their number is 1-800-656-HOPE. And you can also report child sexual abuse to your local law enforcement or child protective services agencies. Thank you so much. Have a great day.